Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Well, praise the Lord. We're going to jump right into the Word this morning. And, um, you know, I'm coming to you here mid-late July-ish. And if there's anything I know about your life right now is that it is crazy, right? It's, it's summertime, baby. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, right? And it's, it's let's go, come on all the time. Uh, schedules are packed. We are, we're just loaded down, sometimes overextended. And we are, as they say, busy. We are busy. And it is quite a, quite a feat sometimes to balance all the schedules and to be every place that we need to be. And you know what, as we're, as we're moving through this season of busyness, I want to encourage you because oftentimes I believe that uh, we are engaged. I, I've heard this so many times, and, and I know there are balances here, so I really need you to hang tight with me here as we move through this. Um, but there, there's a lot of demonization, I will say, of being busy. Right, that, that if we find somebody who's busy, we, we jump on that and say, you know, busy's bad and we shouldn't be busy. And I, I, do, I do realize there are times that we fill our lives with activities to avoid certain responsibilities. I know there's a whole bit of psychology tied up in that and, and all those things. And we, we build these acrostics about being busy, things like burden under Satan's yoke or bound under Satan's yoke and just say that it's all the work of the adversary that we're busy. I, I do believe, even in the church world, I do believe that we can be so busy working for God that we don't really have a true meaningful relationship with God. I, I believe that. I, I know that's but that's not a problem with work. You understand that? that the, the issue that we're going to be so busy doing for the kingdom that we don't have time for, that's not an issue of the work. That's an issue of the heart. That's, that's, not, a, that's not an activities condition. That's a heart problem. That's, that's not a problem with the work. That's a problem with where our priorities are. That's, that's the problem with human nature is that we allow almost anything we get involved in to be exalted in our lives above God. Some people, some people are too lazy laying on the sofa, if I could say so, watching TV to the point that they don't walk with God. So we can't say that being busy is the problem. We can say it's priorities. We can say it's a, a lot of different things. But, and, and I know right now you want to say to me, you want to say, well, Pastor, what you need to do is you need to look at the example of Mary and Martha in the Scripture and how it was that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus and Martha was cumbered about with many things and, you know, Jesus kind of corrected her when she came and said, why don't you tell Martha to get up? And he said, Mary's chosen the better... Th I mean, why don't you tell Mary to get up? And Jesus said, well, she's actually chosen something better than the busyness that you're involved in. That's sitting at my feet. I understand that. I also know that sometimes when we see people postured before the Lord as we know we should be, but we're not, we also want to cast stones at them. Sometimes the right thing that somebody else is doing aggravates 
the lack of doing that we know we ought to be doing. And we want, we want to talk about them. We want to talk about the way they're serving. We want to talk about, you know, the, look at them. Look at them all up there. Look at them all up there with their hands raised, jumping all around. Who they think that, you know? I'm sorry. I digress. I, I, do, I do believe... I do believe there are people even in the church who will willfully busy themselves as a way to not be compelled to sit at the feet of Jesus. I know that's a reality. But I want to I submit to you today that busyness is not altogether a bad thing. Or we might say busy ain't all bad. We can, sure, we can overextend ourselves. We can busy ourselves with certain things. I believe the will of God for our lives, though, is that we be productive and that we be prosperous. As a matter of fact, there, you know, we, some people just demonize you know, being busy or talk bad about being busy, but you do know that uh, idleness has its own share of, of hazards as well. As a matter of fact, if we think about King David... King David, there's a, there's a story about King David in the, in the Word that says, and it was at the time when kings went to war. In other words, David should have busied himself with the work of being a king. But instead of busying himself with the work of being a king, he was idle in leisure on a rooftop looking at things that he had no business looking at entertaining thoughts that he had no business entertaining when if he'd have been busy with the right thing he wouldn't have been distracted with the wrong thing but because he put off the busyness of the right thing took his leisure doing nothing he fell into a bad thing and so there's that equal tension that's there. And, and do you know what the, do you know, how many of you know the very first commandment of Scripture? The very first of God's commands in all of Scripture is found in Genesis 1.28. And it says, then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves. What that means for you and I today, church, is that God has presented us opportunities in this life and inasmuch as God has presented us opportunities, we are to rise up, to subdue it, to conquer it, to work at it, and to cultivate it until it, until we see the fruit of God coming to fruition in our lives. And you can't do that sitting around. I know a lot of people that wish for something they're not willing to work for. A lot of people expect a harvest. They've not sown any seed. A lot of people are expecting the weeds to be out of their lives when they've not cultivated and tilled the ground. You, you don't do this Genesis 1, 28 command sitting around. And, and some people, some people in this life are busy. I understand they are busy and they are bent out of shape, even busy. And the reason I believe they're bent out of shape busy is because they're busy with the wrong things. They've concerned themselves with the wrong things. They're, they're busy working, but with the wrong focus. 
And Jesus was very purposeful in his life. Would you agree with that? Is that, that in, in, in 33 years, he did more than most of us would do in a lifetime. And the most of what we see and read being accomplished was accomplished in just a little over three years. And some of us sat around for decades trying to figure out the will of God for our lives. And, and, and here's Jesus, and he was, he was very purposeful, but his purpose in life was to please the heart of his heavenly Father. His purpose in life was to do the will of God. And I believe that the purposeful life of Jesus offers us some powerful principles that if we choose what to leave in and what to leave out and fill our schedules accordingly that we are going to live productive lives and we are going to be alleviated of so much of the burden that would come in our lives as we follow the example of Jesus in busying ourselves with the right things. Being busy in doing the right things. First of all, we know that Jesus was busy in seeking the Lord and spending time with his heavenly Father. I think that's a given in this, in this context here. You and I are talking. We're in church. We're here to seek the Lord. We've heard that over and over again. So we know that that should be the first thing prioritized in our lives. But then beyond that, I want to show you some of the result of Jesus as he is very purposefully pursuing the will and the work of God for his life. And, and I, again, I believe it's going to alleviate us of a lot of things. Some of the things that you and I struggle with the most, we see Jesus laying to rest as we see his focus in his work and in his life and in the purpose of his life, in the way he chose to spend his time and the way he chose to expend his efforts, we see some of the very concerns that you and I have that vex our lives every day being set aside. You ready? The first thing is that when you and I are busy about the work that the Lord has for our lives, we're not as concerned with where everybody else is going. And can I tell you something? If, if I were to guess, I bet you there's some folks under the sound of my voice today, and it is an easy trap to fall in. I am not, I am not saying that I, I'm not acquainted with it, but I'm just telling you, and, and maybe I'll just be transparent with you and say that I'm talking from personal experience today, that when you and I busy ourselves with the wrong things, with the wrong focus, we begin to be worried about what everybody else is doing. But when we concern ourselves with what God has for us and what God's calling for us is, we are no ways as concerned with where everybody else is going and what everybody else is doing. If you remember when Jesus was a child, we, we see one of these few insights into the life of Jesus as a child. Twelve years old, we find him teaching in the temple. His parents have been for this annual meeting there and they've, they've all sacrificed and they're ready to go back home. They're a day or two down the road. They look around for little Jesus and he's nowhere to be found. They come back to town. They finally find him in the temple teaching and they say, Jesus, we had, we had moved on. We were gone already. We had to come back and find you. And Jesus said, did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And can I tell you something? When you concern yourself with the business of the kingdom in your life, you will let go of a lot of pettiness worrying about where everybody else is going and what everybody else is doing. 
It just won't bother you as bad. I'm going to tell you something. There, there, are, there are creeps on social media that will follow you around. They will watch everything that you do. They will not applaud. They will not, comment. they will not comment. They will not say anything about it. But they're watching you. They're watching the favor of God unfold in your life. And can I tell you, if your focus is not on being satisfied in God's call and purpose, that can be a hindrance to you. And you can look around and say, well, I wonder why, I wonder what, wonder, 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 wonder. But when you really get immersed in what God has for you and you're living your life for the good pleasure of the king and you say, you know what, it doesn't matter. I must be about my father's business. Haters gonna hate, 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 hate. But I'm gonna be about the father's business today and it's not going to bother me at all, you are going to find yourself released from a lot of that concern. You're going to find yourself alleviated from a lot of that care. Amen? You're going to let it go. You, you, remember, you, remember, you remember after Jesus' resurrection, he met his disciples on the seashore? And after their little charcoal fire fish roast they had there, Jesus and Peter began to walk. And as they walked along, Peter began to tell, I mean, Jesus began to explain to Peter what his call in life was going to be and what his ministry was going to look like moving forward. And, and the whole time Jesus is talking, Peter's looking over his shoulder at John. And they're walking along, and, and finally Peter says to Jesus, he says, Jesus, that's all well and good, but what is John going to do? And if, if, I can just, if I can just paraphrase for you today, Jesus looked back at John, uh, at Peter, and said, Peter, that is none of your business. What I'm calling John to do is none of your concern. Can I tell you something today? What your neighbor is doing is none of your concern. What the people in your workplace, if they're saved and glorifying God, anything else beyond that is none of your concern. Pray for their salvation, pray for their prosperity, pray for their health, but whether or not they've been called to the same sacrifice that you have is none of your concern. Whether or not it seems like from their highlight reel of their life they show you that they've got it as good or as bad as you do is none of your concern. You keep holding hands with Jesus and you keep walking on faith unto faith unto faith moving through this life towards the kingdom purpose that God has for you. Amen. None of your business. That's it. You just, you just find, here's what I find, that the more intent I am on fulfilling God's call for my life, the less time I have for petty things. The, the more time I just have saying, you know what, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, I ain't not today. Number two, the more engaged we are with God's purpose for our lives, the less concerned we are about temporal needs. Jesus and his disciples are traveling, and as they're traveling along, they're heading back to Jerusalem. There, there is a route that is commonplace to the Jews that they would move around Samaria and not walk through Samaria because the Samaritans were not really popular among the Jews. They were considered a bit of an off-scouring of the earth and, and not really interacted with, but Jesus said, I must needs go through Samaria. 
In other words, there's a purpose, there's a divine appointment in Samaria and I need to go right up the middle because I need to sit at a well with a sinful woman and I need to introduce her to the kingdom of God. Jesus goes, sits down by the well side. His disciples leave and they go into town to buy bread. And the the Samaritan woman comes, Jesus ministers to her need, opens her eyes, she sees her need of a Savior, and he introduces her to the kingdom of God. And all of that's good. She leaves to go back and share that testimony with her community. And, And his disciples come back and they say, Jesus, would you like some bread? Jesus, would you like some bread? And then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Now, does that mean Jesus didn't have to eat? No, it doesn't mean Jesus didn't have to eat. Jesus was just as much man as he was God, and it was necessary for him to nourish the physical body. But what is being set up for us here in principle today is that it wasn't the physical body that was the priority. It was the call of God that was the priority. It was the advance of the kingdom. I'm going to save you my quote from Matthew chapter 6 this morning, but I will encourage you to go home and read it this week. I believe there's a little phrase in there something about seeking first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you can I tell you today that if you're tore up about the economy if you're tore up about a recession can I just submit to you today that the kingdom of God is not in a recession can I just tell you today that God's economy has not fallen and he is able to keep you and provide for you in a way that you can never provide for yourself if you will commit first to doing the will of God if you'll say that my ultimate fulfillment comes from having the will of God fulfilled in my life Paul Paul's example of not stressing over temporal needs here while we're striving to accomplish the will of God says this Paul Paul wrote to the church at Philippi and here's some this is one of these verses that we we rest out of context and we put it on bumper stickers and we put it on refrigerator magnets and we scribble it on post-it notes and stick it all over the place. But we don't really stop and take into consideration what it's really saying. The verse that we rip out of context says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Except that not one of us wants to do what it is that Paul says that he can do through Christ who gives him strength. You ready? You ready for today's lesson? In proper contextual application? Here it is. See, the, 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 the lead up to verse 13 actually begins way back when Paul is talking about the church sending offerings for his support. He's talking about the church's generosity towards him in the support of the ministry. And then he says these words, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. That doesn't mesh with the prosperity gospel, does it? I know how to be abased. Any volunteers? I didn't think so. And I know how to abound. Volunteers. 
Volunteers for abounding, right? Yeah, right. That's, that's our nature, is that, that we want to. And there's nothing wrong with it. I believe God will prosper us. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not here dogging prosperity because I believe that God's people ought to be some of the most blessed people on the planet. But again, it's an issue of priority. It's what are we putting first in our lives? Are we seeking first the kingdom or are we seeking first the abundance? You know? And, and here he is. He says, I know how to be abased and I know how to be abound, how to abound everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. See, it's, it's a different thing when you really consider it in its context, isn't it? Right? Because it's when we're facing these type of things that we get all strung up and worried and tensed up inside as if somehow or another God is going to fail us or not come through on our behalf. But the psalmist said, I was young and now I'm old, but I've never been, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or God's seed begging bread. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right, baby. God has you. He's got you. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. You're, you're, number three, number three, you're less concerned about dodging uncomfortable situations. I wonder how many of us figuratively live through hell because we don't have the faith just to face difficult situations and trust God and walk through it. As a matter of fact, the pain of lingering, the pain of avoiding sometimes, we find out is deeper than the pain of just going ahead and facing the challenge in front of us. But when our faith truly is in God, we are less concerned. And when we're busy about the work of the kingdom, we're less concerned about dodging uncomfortable situations. And I believe the thing that keeps many of us from spiritual maturation is the fact that we're often too reluctant to face painful things in our lives. If God brought you to it, he will bring you through it. You, you don't have to stand on the side of the Red Sea necessarily, figuratively, wringing your hands. If God brought you to it, he'll bring you through it. And, and that's a word for somebody in this place. You've got some challenges in life. You've got some things that you've been up against now for a while. And you've just been, been kind of wandering and meandering around and trying to figure out a way to circumvent the challenge that's in front of you. Or waiting for it to go away. Or waiting for the hill, the mountain to be moved. And, and, and it may not be that the mountain's moved. It may just be that God gives you the strength to climb. And, you know, we, we've not learned how to deal with abuse in a biblical manner. We can't face our own insufficiencies with a realistic view. We don't know how to sacrifice deeply. And it causes us all kinds of angst inside because we've not busied ourselves with the right things. But when we get our hearts attuned for the will of God for our lives, we understand that Listen, this ain't about us being comfortable. We, we've generated such a society of leisure that we don't even know how to be uncomfortable. You realize your ancestors used to sit in church on a hardwood pew with the windows raised? 
and go to a detached toilet? You, under, you understand? It, it ain't always been this way. And in your life, it may not always be this way. There may not be a thermostat for every situation in life that you can dial up the climate and say, I want it just this way. There may not always be a slide on the soundboard that we can set and say, I want it just this way. I want, I want the mix just like this. No, we can't always do that. Sometimes we just have to, by faith, take it as it comes and say, you know what? I believe that God has a will for me in my life. I believe God has a purpose for me. I'm going to pursue it, and I'm going to move forward in it. And I know that no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I know that earth may hinder and hell may rage, but all's going to work for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen? I want you to listen finally in closing to a two-part lesson from Jesus. And you can stand. First, he's going to illustrate, and then he's going to call us to replicate. Okay? Matthew chapter 16, beginning in verse 21. Let me back up just a little bit. There's been this grand confession from, from Peter that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Bless are you, Simon, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. It's amazing. And then Jesus says, it says then of Jesus that from then on Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of the religious law and that he would be killed. But on the third day he would be raised from the dead. Peter comes to him, pulls him aside, begins to rebuke him and say, Oh, Master, far be it from you to have to suffer these things. And I, I believe sometimes the enemy comes to us when we see challenges ahead of us. And, and he comes to us with all of the validation and says, You know what, far be it. You, you have attended church. You've been faithful to the house of the Lord. You, you have, you have you've been faithful to tithe. You've You've served. You shouldn't be going through this. You should not be enduring. And then we find ourselves roaming all around in prayer, crying and tore all up because we faced a little bit of hardship and going, you know what, you know, why me, Lord? What, what did I ever do to cause this thing in my life? And, you know, sometimes it's not that we've, we've done the wrong thing that has caused these things to come in our lives. Sometimes it's just exactly because we're in the middle of God's will that these things come in our lives. Jesus illustrated that for us and now he, he asked us to replicate it because after Peter's little rebuke of him there and he said, no, no, uh-uh, I've got a purpose. I'm not going to be deterred. Get behind me, Satan. Then he said, Jesus says to, a disciple, to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross. That, you know the cross is a place of sacrifice. 
You, you know the cross is a painful place? It's, it's a place of giving up. It's a place of surrender. Taking up your cross. If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. Father, if you are willing, Jesus prayed, please let this cup of suffering pass from me. Yet, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I'm telling you today, church, there are going to be some times in your life when your service to the kingdom is going to lead you to your personal Gethsemane. And can I tell you, rather than standing around worried about what everybody else is doing and how you're going to get ahead in life and how you're going to dodge every hardship, if you will just put your hand to the plow and trust God and move forward in His purpose and His plan for your life, you will find victory like you've never known because you can't have a victory until you've been willing to engage in the battle and God will give it to your hands if you will walk pursuant of His will. Father, I know today that I'm speaking to conquerors. They're strong in you. They're mighty in you. God, today I just pray for a laying down. A laying down of the worries, the concerns, the things, the frivolous things, Lord, the petty things that distract us from your will. And God, I pray a taking up of the servant, uh, the mantle of servanthood, a taking up of the cross of sacrifice, a moving forward in the things of the kingdom, Lord, with a faith that trusts you every step of the way. Father, relieve us. Lord, in this last day, help us to have a kingdom mentality, a kingdom mindset, and move forward in what you have for us. To be bold, to be tenacious, and to be busy, but busy with the right things. Because busy ain't all bad. We don't, we don't need a break. We need a renewed focus. We don't need a break, we need a reset perspective. We need to see you working effectively in our lives, propelling us forward and calling us higher. And we'll be energized by the work that you've called us to. And we bless you and give you glory in Jesus' name. And all God's people shouted, amen. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.